Hello, and welcome to the Montessori Coach Podcast, where we explore the principles of Montessori education and how to apply them in raising happy, independent, and curious children. My name is Sarah, and I'm a Montessori teacher, mom, and professional organizer. Join me as I delve into the latest research, share tips and tricks, and discuss the challenges and rewards of raising children in a Montessori environment. Whether you're new to Montessori or a seasoned veteran, this podcast is for you. So sit back, relax, and let's dive into the world of Montessori parenting together. Today, I'm going to be talking about a difficult time in our lives and offering some suggestions and tips I have for those going through a family emergency. I'll be discussing health issues, death, and other stressful situations. So if you're not in a place where that would be helpful to you, please feel free to just pause this and check out another episode. I'm not a mental health expert and I'm only sharing our specific situation. I know there are many types of family emergencies and what I share might not work for them all. This podcast actually took me quite a few takes to record because it's an emotional subject. Uh, We're almost one year free of my husband being in the hospital and I feel like we're still dealing with recovery and the lasting effects on our family. Sometimes it's hard to know how long these family emergencies or difficult times will last. Once you're in it, it can feel like it's going to last forever. But regardless of if it's a separation or a flood in your home, the loss of a loved one or hospitalization, there may be times when you or a loved one is having a family emergency. There are some things that I'd love to share with you that may help. I haven't really shared the details of what happened in the fall of 2021. However, if you followed me on Instagram during that time, you'd likely to see lots of stories about me spending time in the hospital. In October of 2021, our lives changed dramatically. My husband was quite sick for six weeks leading up to it, and we didn't know what was going on with him. It was really stressful. Uh, My daughter Layla had just started kindergarten, and I was in a brand new position at work that was really overwhelming in different ways. I was feeling lots of emotions, and I would say that it was a time that was just really stressful for me, and we were just surviving. And then one morning, I woke up and my husband was in septic shock. Um, He had to be hospitalized, and it was extremely scary. We didn't actually know what was going on with him for over 24 hours. I just remember sitting in the hospital waiting room by myself and not getting any answers. Also, this was 2021, during the pandemic. My parents were living with my 96-year-old grandfather in a suburb about 30 minutes away, and we had been socially distancing to keep them safe and healthy. Luckily, my mom was able to come in and be with Layla on that first day, but I just remember that first week was a blur. I would drop Layla off at kindergarten and then go to the hospital all day and then head back and pick her up at three. And then luckily, I have some amazing friends who would watch Layla for a few hours. So I would go back to the hospital and then spend a few more hours there. At night, I would just sit in a fog trying to stay positive for Layla. We had macaroni and cheese or frozen pizza for dinner way too many nights. Um, we found out that the sepsis traveled into my husband's spine and heart and he needed life-saving heart surgery. So from that, he got every single complication that you can imagine. His hospital stay went from maybe two weeks to five months. In the meantime, Layla kept catching these colds. It's 2021. You don't want a cold. I cannot enter the hospital with cold symptoms. I also didn't want to expose my husband to any new viruses as he was needing a lot of procedures. 
So about a month and a half into him being in the hospital, we made a choice of taking Layla out of school. And Layla and I moved into my grandfather's home with my parents. So we would be just in their bubble. And basically I was with my grandparent or sorry, my grandfather and my parents and Layla or at the hospital with my husband. And I would drive in to see him every day and then drive back. Um, and there were so many benefits of having that experience. By me being in their bubble, I was able to spend more time with my parents and my grandfather in a way that my cousins and brother weren't able to. Layla also had really quality time with my grandfather and my parents. After about three and a half months in the hospital, my husband moved into a rehab center and had a private room. This enabled us to have visiting time with him and Layla was able to spend way more time than before with my husband. So we were there for a couple of days and I felt like things were moving in the right direction. And then one night my grandfather was hospitalized and he passed away a few days later. That was really tough for me. Um, I was really close with my grandfather and it felt like he was eating dinner with us one minute and the next he was gone. So we continued living with my grandparent, or sorry, we continued living in my grandfather's house with my parents for a bit. Uh, but then we started doing part time at home because it was much closer to my husband. Um, and my grandfather's house was going to be sold. So they started packing that up. And then my husband got transferred back to the hospital with another complication. Luckily, my mom was able to come in and stay with Layla so I could go out and have a little bit more freedom to go to the hospital and spend time with my husband. And eventually everything got better and my husband was discharged exactly five months to the day after he was admitted. Um, that was just before spring break. So Layla was able to return to kindergarten after spring break. And that really helped her, um, with her socializing and seeing her friends again. And I think just having a purpose, something to go and do every day. So now that I'm seeing all this, I can see how much change and instability there was for all of us during that time, especially Layla. Even if there wasn't loss or medical issues, that's just a lot of movement and disruption to her schedule and environment. There are some things I wish I had done differently and things that I think did help me. So I'm going to start with the things that I think worked for us uh, and hopefully they can help you or another loved one if they're having a family emergency. So the first thing was keeping a routine as much as possible. Layla really enjoyed school, so going as often as she could was helpful reading before bed, doing bath time, and some of the just normal everyday routines that we did, keeping those the best I could really helped Layla. And then the other thing was being transparent and honest with other adults, such as her teacher, was really good because then she could keep an eye on her. And if Layla had a difficult day, she knew why. She wouldn't push her. Um, her teacher connected her with her school counselor and Layla was able to see her then as well when needed, but it was just really nice to know that the other adults really understood what Layla was going through when I wasn't there for her. And so there were some things that really helped such as I remember her teacher decided not to make a really big deal about Christmas and the holidays because we knew my husband wasn't going to be home for that. Um, so that was really helpful. And then the, th the third thing that I think really worked for us was accepting help. Um, I would say generally, I am not the best at this. I don't like asking for help from people. I like to do things on my own. 
But when there's a child involved, sometimes that's just not possible. So I couldn't take Layla with me to see my husband. Um, so I relied on my brother, sister-in-law, friends, and parents to help me out. And then the fourth thing was doing art with Layla. She really enjoyed, first of all, the outlet and then also the bonding time um, because doing art was something that we did together from the time she's been a toddler. And so that kind of was an opportunity for us to just kind of just be us again and not be worried about the other things. And then the fifth thing was cuddling and just physically giving her support when I could. She's a very affectionate person and just being beside each other when we were watching a movie or reading a book connected us in so many ways. The sixth thing was bringing some of her favorite toys and activities to my grandfather's house. So we couldn't bring everything. And I also didn't know how long we were going to be there, but having some familiar toys and activities helped her out a lot. Um, so she has a, an extensive doll and stuffy collection, but just choosing her top three, um, I think was a great thing. And then also some of her blocks and books. Um, the seventh thing was after a few months, I personally got support from a therapist and that really helped me with reframing what was happening and focusing on actionable steps. And so I know from me being healthier and happier and calmer, that obviously goes out to Layla and other people in my life. And then we also noticed that Layla needed some extra support just this past fall. It wasn't immediately after. Um, and so we have her working with a play therapist to help work some, you know, work through some of her big feelings. Um, it was quite surprising how long it took her to process and verbalize the loss of my grandfather and my husband being in the hospital. It was maybe months before she asked about my grandfather. Uh, so that was just a good reminder for me about how children process grief differently and on a different timeline than adults. So now I'm going to just talk about some things that I think I probably could have done better. Um, the first one is accepting help and offers from the very beginning. So people wanted to help. They wanted to be there for us. And um, eventually I just had people forcing me to take their help. So they sent electronic Starbucks cards and DoorDash certificates. Um, of course, I had to help accept help from people to watch Layla. But I also want to say that if you're in the same situation, don't feel pressured to be away from your child. Um, there are times where you must be away from them. But at the same time, during those early days when I didn't know if my husband would make it, having Layla with me really eased my anxiety. And so uh, I had some great friends who knew that I was anxious. So they would send me pictures and give me updates just to let me know that Layla was okay. And I knew that I could be transparent with them. And then the second thing that I wish I was better at was being transparent and honest with Layla. I've learned now that having incongruencies is really stressful for children. So that's when you're really mad and your child asks what's wrong and you say, everything's fine. It's okay. I was not great with this. I thought it was better to save all my crying for when Layla was sleeping. But in hindsight, I wish that I just said I was sad and missed her dad. It's so funny because recently she said to me, remember when Dada was in the hospital and you cried all the time? And I was thinking, she didn't even see me like cried 90% of the time. But she was obviously picking up on it anyways. I'm not saying that I would give any information that wasn't age appropriate or scary. I wouldn't do that. Um, but I didn't feel comfortable taking her into the hospital uh, for many reasons, but perhaps I should have done a better job explaining where her dad was, 
um, and just maybe just explaining that I was sad and, you know, I missed him. I think that probably would have helped her connect the feeling she had about how I was emotionally and what was actually going on. And then the third thing is taking care of myself. So I know it's cliche to say that you can't pour from an empty cup, but it's really true. Like it's important to take care of your own mental and emotional health, especially during a family emergency so that you can better support the people that you need to support. There were definitely days that I couldn't eat or I didn't drink enough water. And I think looking back, there were opportunities I had where I could have carved out just a few minutes to nourish my body through food or done some movement to help my energy and mood. Um, But of course, you know, when you're in a situation, it's hard to, you know, think clearly, but that is something I wish I had done better at. Another thing that we've started doing just recently, but I wish I had done before was just having a visual schedule or visual aid for her just to help her understand and follow what was going on that week. Even if it's just a piece of paper and uh, I drew out, you know, who she was going to be with or, you know, uh, what was going to be different because it was 2021, we hadn't been doing a lot of playdates. And so I think she was excited to go to people's houses and see them. But it also was a little bit strange for her. And I think that she started to question, you know, what was going on because it had gone from no playdates inside houses to going to a different house every single day. So every family emergency is unique, as well as how much support you have and your children's ages and needs. I do hope you will never have an emergency, but if you do, I hope some of my tips will help you. And maybe it will give you ideas on how you can help someone else who's going through an emergency. If you have any questions or comments, please find me on Instagram at The Prepared Environment. And until next time, take care. Bye.